0: This is episode 637 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Wednesday, June 5th, 2019. I'm your host, Mark Nez, and today I'll be talking about Daisy. <laughs> I don't know what that pregnant pause was, but uh, also Generation Zero, I went back and played more of that after playing some Daisy and Conglomerate 451, which is currently out on PC... The uh, early access on Steam and maybe other platforms or or services, uh, providers. I don't know. What I'm saying is I don't know if it's on the Epic Game Store or the like or any of those other sites or indie distributors. I don't know. I am playing it on Steam and it is in early access, like I have already said. Anywho, I'll talk about all of that and some... Stuff I attempted to watch streaming. So yeah. Let's get excited. The Pokemon Drek happened this morning. What was it? 8 a.m. Central Time? I don't know. I watched it after the fact. And yeah. Pokemon's coming out on November 15th. 2019. Of course. Why would it be coming out in 2020 on November 15th? That would be ridiculous. Sword and Shield... I'm excited about the new Pokemon games but I've come to realize that I don't get excited that often and if I get excited about a game it's from hearing other people talk about it and their stories within the game. With Breath of the Wild I was never really excited by the footage I saw but then when I heard everyone talking about their experiences with the game. I got super excited. I got so excited I bought the game before even owning a Switch. And then when I got my Switch and finally played Breath of the Wild, I was so disappointed. So, yeah, I don't get get disappointed quite often. uh, But I don't get excited that often. And I've kind of fallen off the Pokemon bandwagon since the 3DS. I used to play every single one of them. Pokemon Blue is one of my all-time favorite games, and Pokemon in general is special to me. Uh, it has a special place in my heart. But you no, know, I think there's a, a decent chance I can get into this one, hoping it feels better because I remember the first 3DS one bothering me in that I don't think you can. Move, I don't think the the movement in the game was grid based, and it probably isn't in this one either. But I remember that leading to a lot of annoyances in in trying to talk to specific characters, you know, as opposed to just being on the grid and being like, yeah, I know I'm in front of this person. So when I try to talk to them, it's going to work. And when it was just free movement, it was a lot more finicky, if I remember correctly. But yeah, that happened. So, yeah. Anywho. I played some DayZ on Xbox One. I got a code for it, which I was excited about because I played the mod for, what was it, Armor 2? And enjoyed my time with it. You know, there was a great sense of atmosphere and it was very tense. And I remember liking it. And I haven't played DayZ since then. I never played the standalone version until this point. And I think... It may have launched outside of game preview and early access at this point, which is why it just came out on PS4, since they still don't have any kind of early access system in their marketplace. And I put a few hours into it, and it's a mess. It has performance issues, which I believe are related to... The server and not the game specific because the issues were very inconsistent in how bad they were, regardless of what server I was on, I would have issues in terms of it uh being really choppy the gameplay or you know feeling like frame rate drops and stuff like that but depending on the server I was on, it wouldn't be as significant the the problems, but still there were problems regardless um I don't know how the servers work. I read that they work on real time based on the location. So the U.S. New York servers would be based on the time that it is in New York when you're playing. And this is important for the time of day because at night the game is virtually unplayable. Unless you have flares or some kind of light source, it's pretty much unplayable playing at night. You can't adjust the brightness in the game. You'd have to do it on your TV, specifically or your monitor, or wherever you're playing it. There is no contrast, brightness, etc. cetera, settings in the game menu on console, at least. On PC, I'm sure you have many settings and if they don't exist, you just adjust them yourself. You just find the configure uh, EX or whatever. Um, the pop-in is horrible. Uh, pop-in uh, uh, of all kinds. Texture pop-in, objects. There, it's just so distracting and really, really bad. Even the main menu has a horrible-looking pop-in. pop, uh, pop in. So I, I really didn't like that. And then the game itself just doesn't feel good. The action doesn't feel good. Um, the... Inventory management and navigation and utilizing your items is confusing and clunky. There's no way seemingly to swap my weapons outside of the menus. I tried taking I like I I tried looking at the controls and pressing various buttons, but I couldn't find a way for myself to change from my melee weapon to my gun when I finally found a gun which was frustrating like just pressing the Y button or something using items like meds or water or whatever is cumbersome as well because I had to put it into my hand and I found out that one way to resolve this to some point was to remove one of my melee weapons so I only had the one equipped and when i would have to unequip that i would put it back into my back in my life. but it was still there were too many steps in order to do this or that or whatever and the the zombies themselves weren't all they weren't much of a threat yeah if you ran into a bunch of them they could be problematic but taking on one by yourself was easy Uh, I found a sledgehammer right away, which did a pretty good amount of damage, though. With the connection issues, it would be really, uh, choppy during those fight scenes, where they might be jerking around, uh, and just, the the movements and animations wouldn't be fluid, which may, that may not be a server problem, I don't know, because the game just is really, uh messy and needs a lot of improvements. Uh you know the, the the world itself doesn't look all that great and I interacted with a few people which was I guess the most interesting part of my experience with it and the most tense and scary uh though at the same time I didn't really care all that much. The first person I ran into was fully decked out. They saw me, and then they said something along the lines of, are you meat? Because I'm cheese, and we can make a fucking sandwich. And I don't know what the hell they were talking about, so I just kept running away. Because at that point, I think I only had a rock knife. And I was just like, please don't don't mess with me, because you can handcuff people in this and just be a real dick. But they left me alone pretty quickly. And then the one time where it was... Kind of scary and airy and making me feel wary while thinking about Navy Perry. I don't know. (laughs) But uh, I was on, I think, one of the New York servers. During the day, when it should have been light out, if that's how the, the day night cycle works, I don't know. But it was night out. Couldn't see much of anything. But then I saw in the distance by a building, a, a light show up. Somebody had uh, popped a flare. And I started creeping towards them because I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do with this. And I thought, maybe I'll try to sneak up on them and take them out because I don't really care about my character or anything. Uh, I don't care if I lose all my stuff or how it ends up working out. But uh, I was sneaking up on them and I'm sure they could hear me. And then they just said, like, hey, this is just, you know, a way to make it safer at night. And I'm like, alright, I'll leave this person alone. But that was kind of cool to see this light show up in this sea of darkness. But outside of that, it's a just it's a it's a game in need of much patching and updating and fixes. Uh And it's clear that if it is technically out of early access, it's still very much so an early access game because it keeps flashing at the bottom of the screen. Hey, you got any bugs? Report them here. So, I think uh, it's still going to take some time. And despite jumping into servers that supposedly have a high population, I think the max server population is 60? Maybe? I'm not sure. But, um doing that still didn't have me running into people all that much. You know, I only ran into two real humans over the course of my 2 hours with the game. The achievements are bugged too. Like it's it's a it's a messy game and what it made me do was go back to Generation 0, which I talked about on the podcast, I don't know, a few months ago, and that is the game from the people who make the the hunting game called The Wild, I think, and What else do they do? I don't know if it's the Just Cause folk. I think it's Avalanche. But I could be wrong. But that is the post-apocalyptic... Post-apocalyptic... Game set in... Sweden or something? Where, instead of dealing with infected and whatnot, you're dealing with all these robot... uh, Creatures. Variations. Ones that are more dog-like. Ones that are spider-like, etc. And... That game had and still has its issues now. It feels very empty. It does have multiplayer, but the likelihood of having someone join your game is small and even if you join someone else's game, it'll just be you and them. So, it's not like it feels alive when you get into a multiplayer game and even then, the person whose game you're in and the other people in the game, you will see their their gamer tag on screen at all times. So it's not like they can sneak up on you or anything. You're going to know where they are. But. After returning to it from Daisy, And I'm sure it received some updates. Since the, the last time I played it around launch. It. Was way more enjoyable. There, It still feels pretty empty. But. I can appreciate the beauty of the world. I think there was some minor pop in but nowhere near as noticeable as Daisy, and not really that distracting. But it looks great because it's on the same engine as uh, that hunting game, I believe. And I spent a few hours in it, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to go back and play more because it was an oddly peaceful post-apocalyptic game. Where I could occasionally run into these robots. But they're easy to avoid. And I could just explore these worlds. you know, the, These buildings. Which are pretty much the same building. I came across this city. In my current mission. Which was all lit up. And much bigger than anything I had seen previously. And it felt kind of magical. Because I, I came up to it during night. And with all the lights on and everything. It just looked like civilization was still kicking even though i know no one's there but it was it was really pretty to to come up on that and i didn't get any kind of feeling like that while playing daisy mechanically it feels much better like the inventory uh, inventory management item usage the controls uh, the way everything works feels so much better than daisy it feels like a Call of Duty game like it, it still is a little clunky but it is so much better than Daisy in terms of pretty much everything but especially the 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 small things that make the experience enjoyable to some extent or or don't hinder your experience by making things more tedious uh, than they need to be um so yeah, I played a bit of that. I jumped into someone else's game, which was nice, only in the fact that they let me... like I spawned at some location that I had never been to, an underground bunker, which had so much loot I could just take. And it unlocked that home base for me in my game, so I could spawn there in my world. And that was great, because I just got a bunch of ammunition and stuff I could use... Uh Which is just a a nice little thing. They didn't spawn there. They didn't fast travel there to mess with me either. But it does feel empty. It still feels empty. You will never run into other people. Um, Yeah, I I don't know how many people are really playing on consoles. It could be different on PC. But coming to it after... Time... After having uh, time passed, and coming off of DayZ, I'm way hotter on Generation Zero than I was when it launched. It still has bugs, uh, but bugs that are funny. One where a little spider mech was attacking me. It was jumping all over the place. And then at one point it jumped and then it ended up in the middle of the wall and it was just glitching out. It was just freaking out and twitching like crazy until it ended up blowing up. And it was funny. I thought that was amusing. Um But there are things like that where the the, the robots might end up in places they're not supposed to be. Uh, but for the most part, it, it seems much more stable and uh, with less bugs than it was at launch. But, again, it is an empty world. But I kind of like that. It's like a hunting game that has robots in it instead of animals. And there's a lot of downtime. Uh, so, yeah. Then I played Conglomerate 451, which is in early access on Steam. And this is a first-person grid-based dungeon crawler, you know, like uh, the recently released Aparencia or, uh, like, Legends of Grimrock, uh, the Etrian Odyssey series, etc., and this one is a cyberpunk esque future. And what's a little different about this is that it's set up, I'd say, almost XCOM ish in that you are part of this like whatever security force thing and you create clones that you send out in the field to pr- to take on missions so instead of it being like a dungeon crawler where you're just progressing deeper and deeper into a dungeon uh, of some sort you have a home base where you can create new clones and give them certain abilities and all that you know cr- uh, pick their classes and and then you can upgrade them you can train them you can Uh, research new things for the clones, for weapons, to make weapons stronger, and all that kind of jazz. Uh, And you do this by using tech and other currencies that you get by taking on missions. And the missions will range in difficulty from green, yellow, and red. Green, of course, being easy. And you go out on these missions, and they could be as simple as taking on or defeating all the enemies in an area... Or finding a, a random uh, object, or uh, in the the world where you just have to explore and hope that your uh, your clone survive. If a clone dies, then they're they're dead for good. They don't come back. You just have to get a new clone. Um, but yeah, for an early access game, there's a strong foundation there. I like the systems in it. It looks pretty good. Uh, playing around in it it's mouse and keyboard only felt fine it's a little weird in that when getting into battles enemies could move around to attack you and they'd be off center like it just felt weird that all the enemies could be bunched on the left side of the screen or on the right side of the screen and that you can't adjust your look during that to station it in a way that they're more centered it just feel it just feels a little weird and there didn't seem to be any kind of bonus to sneaking up on an enemy if you come up behind a group of baddies um there was no kind of bonus attack or something which sucked but they could add that later on um but yeah it's a solid foundation for a game, I I could see myself getting really into. I like I like a lot of what I played in the hour or so I put into it so far. Uh, again, that is Conglomerate uh, Conglomerate 451 on PC. Oh, and how much is it? I don't want to check right now. It is 15.99. Um, so yeah, I like it. And looking forward to playing more of it and seeing it change over time. Uh, But I I always appreciate games like this. that, um, And these are the kind of games I like in early access that have that procedurally generated thing. And are are more... They're not story based. I mean, there might be a story in here or there will be at some point maybe. But it doesn't matter. I think there was like a little cussing in the beginning, but I didn't really care about any of that. But that's pretty much all I've been playing. I did throw in Resident Evil 2 quickly to just mess around with it and play the intro with both uh, both Leon and who is who's the Claire right? Yeah, Claire, Claire Redfield and Leon Kennedy. And it's so pretty. And I I did not realize when I started installing it. It's only 22 gigabytes, and yet it is so fucking pretty. It is a beautiful game, and the way it... Like the, the, the position of the camera, and the the lighting and everything, like it, it gives off a wonderful sense of atmosphere. And it's just... I'm so excited to eventually start playing it soonish. I just need to get the audio for Resident Evil remake, at Attack the Backlog recorded. But, uh, yeah. It's... It's a real pretty game. And it has a decent assist mode. For beginners. That could almost. If the game wasn't. So obtuse with puzzles and stuff. I could even see my dad. Maybe being able to make it through. Because in the assist mode. It has uh, aim assist. Which is really generous. In that you lock on to the enemy. And if you lock into a body part, it'll stick to that body part, but like you can adjust it to move it up to the head or whatever. But then when the zombie's moving, you automatically without touching the controller, the the character, the cursor will move with the head or the body part you are currently targeting. So you don't even have to, it's not like it locks on uh, like with aim assist with a lot of games where it will lock on if you're in the vicinity. And then if that enemy moves at all, the cursor won't move with them. This cursor moves with them, which is probably somewhat help uh, or somewhat easier to implement because the zombie is not moving all that fast. But that is nice. And then health regenerates to a point. It says, which I don't know what that means exactly. If it means that you will gain this amount of health after an encounter is over, and that means you could. Never have to use the health items in that mode if you never take too much damage during a fight but uh those those things are nice, but i'm just i'm a, I'm super excited to play more of that and then, in terms of what I've been watching, I tried to watch good omens. Uh, I watched the first two episodes, and it did nothing for me. I found so much of the humor to be not funny and yeah, there there were things and uh, referential bits of humor that had me rolling my eyes, and I just I, I didn't enjoy any second of it. I watched the first two episodes of Bodyguard, and for every part of that show I liked, it would throw two parts that annoy the shit out of me. And after two episodes, I couldn't I couldn't take it. When he got into a relationship with his. Uh, client whatever the person he is guarding i just i was out on like this is dumb shit this is just so stupid stereotypical crap i don't buy it either but whatever um and also the actor who was rob stark on game of thrones especially in the first episode when he's on the train he looks really weird his lips are so red like he was biting the shit out of them or something and having all the blood like. He looks really weird at times. I don't know, he he looks like he could really portray a serial killer in a movie really well. Because he looks just really freaky at times. Um, I watched the first episode of... Is it pronounced Treme? The show from the creator of The Wire... That was in post-Katrina, New Orleans. And I really wanted to like it. It seems like it would be something that I really like. But I didn't enjoy anything about the first episode. Outside of the music, I guess. But there was not a single character I cared to see more of. Uh, Steve Zahn's character I found especially annoying. And I was just... I didn't have any interest in continuing with that. I watched the first two episodes of Orphan Black and didn't care about that. I didn't like her. I didn't like. Her. I really didn't like her best friend. I hated her best friend. Almost hated. Hated is a strong word. I wouldn't say I hated him, but I found him incredibly annoying and didn't like him. And I hope he dies at some point early on in the show. But I didn't like her either as a character. Uh, and her ex or whatever. I found, like, there was not a single character on the show in the first two episodes that did anything for me. And that, that's important. I, I need some character to latch on to in any series. Um, and none of them have that. Um, was there anything else that I, I tried? Because I'm now... My cue is clear. Uh, outside of some older anime things that I want to watch I, I started watching Dragon Ball Super I'm just watching the sub version of it now so I can get through it and then I can watch Raleigh the, the movie uh, and it's it's okay but I still I just have to deal with the fact that Goku the, the Japanese version of Goku sounds like an old woman and it's so off putting and I hate it so much I think the Dragon Ball dubs are really good And they suit the show. And I love Goku's voice in particular. And not hearing him is a problem. But it's a problem I have to deal with. Because Funimation is a shit company that should hire more voice actors. They should be actively searching out and trying to find more voice actors. So their pool of actors is much larger. So that when you're watching this show and that show and this other show, you can't recognize the same voice across all of them. And so that they don't spread out their voice actors so thin that certain series and whatnot end up taking extra long or falling by the, the, the waist of side or whatever the hell that fucking term is. That, that saying is uh, it's like with One Piece, which I don't watch, but I keep thinking about doing it. They stopped dubbing it at around episode 500 and something or other. They still do specials. And maybe they do current episodes, but they're way behind. And I think it's in part because a lot of the actors are doing a lot of simulcasts. And they just don't have the time, I guess. And I look at that and think, maybe get some more actors. You know, they expanded their pool somewhat, I think, over the last few years. But it's still nowhere near where it should be, given how many shows they do dub. Um... And they're also a shit company in terms of their customer service and fixed. Their site has been broken for like two months and they still haven't fixed it. You know, they sent me an email when I sent them a message about it, maybe two weeks after I sent my email and they're like, yeah, we know this issue and we're looking into how to fix it or whatever, but still nothing. It's still broken. I've never heard another email back. It's just fucking a joke. And I don't know why I'm still subscribed. But I need to use it. So I'm going to watch Super. I'm going to watch One Piece probably. But it's annoying too because the only way to clear my history of series is through the website. I can't access my account via the website because it always gives an internal server error or whatever it is. And I have all these shows in my what to watch next section or whatever. And they're just a handful of series that I watched the first episode whether they're current season shows that I don't want to stick with or old shows that I just wanted to watch an episode of to refresh my memory on this or that. And now they're stuck in this long line of shows that's like, okay, here, watch the next episode. I don't want to watch the next episode. I just want to be left alone and I want to be able to delete this, but I can't. And it's annoying, but yeah, watch the two episodes of super. I want to keep, with it and can't wait to be done with it so that i don't have to hear his stupid grandma voice but yeah that's pretty much it if anyone has suggestions for streaming things to watch let me know uh one of them that i know i should watch soonish is because i i cleared out what i had on netflix hulu and amazon but then there's hbo with True Detective and Westworld that I I haven't watched. So those could be up in coming shows. But like a true detective, I feel like I have to be in the right mood for that. It's not gonna be a pleasant watch. Um But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So that will do it for this year episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Mark Krishnez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PXSausage. The site is, of course, PixelatedSausage.com, where you can find this podcast, the Pixelated Paranormal podcast, and Attack the Backlog, which are all available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you'd like to check out the video version of this year's show or Attack the Backlog, you can go over to YouTube.com slash PixelatedSausage and Watch them both there. If you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to pxsart.com. If you see something you like, click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoy this here episode and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day day. Bye.